3: This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now.
4: We uh, get started on our open forum. We usually uh, stay away from uh, uh, politics things here on the show, since we are all about trucking and everything. But something interesting we found uh, going across the uh, social media avenues here just before the show started, and uh, I found it interesting. So we thought we'd just kind of share it here. But uh, apparently, there is uh, still some patriotic patriotic pride. Uh In America, we saw on the online there of uh, saying armed Americans are standing guard outside of military recruitment centers and uh it went on to say that these Americans are standing guard outside of these uh recruitment centers in Georgia today, actually, following uh, the uh shooting that took the lives of the four u s Marines in Chattanooga, Tennessee and uh, as you know under a current us law no firearms are permitted inside of military recruitment centers and similar facilities so according to uh, my fox atlanta more than 30 armed citizens were present outside the recruitment center early this morning with more expected to arrive throughout the day and um, uh, they also reported that a man armed with an ar15 rifle made headlines in virginia after standing guard outside of Recruitment Center in Winchester. So in the wake of the Chattanooga shooting, military members and politicians alike have begun calling for an end to uh, gun-free zones on military installations, which, uh, you know, Donna, I find kind of ironic that our military personnel uh, aren't allowed to, to be armed. I mean, it's a
5: kind it, it of is silly. It, it is kind of shocking. I, if you read on, and I'm not sure where when this started, um, someone said it was during the Clinton administration, but I, I'd have to look and, and check on that and, and see when all that began. But it's it's interesting that that was even introduced and what the motive was when they introduced that uh, kind of uh, you know legislation. I, I don't get it. What were they thinking? I
4: I know. I don't remember. I remember something about it. I think it was Clinton that signed it, but uh, I guess what's next is uh, we won't allow uh, our police officers to be armed. I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but California Republican Representative Duncan Hunter, a uh, Marine Corps combat veteran, announced plans Thursday to uh, introduce legislation that would allow recruiting stations to have properly armed personnel. And now, getting back over to trucking social media, we uh, we found we learned just before the show that James Lamb of the SBTC Small Business and Transportation Coalition he posted a message on his Facebook page that he will be going to um he'll be down in South Florida um armed guarding of the local US Coast Guard recruiting station there and um so Donna how can they find find him on Facebook's uh, SBTC um well he's got a go up right now. Okay.
5: The group is hold on I mean. Well he
4: started a he started a Facebook group the cause, C A U S E, which stands for Concerned Americans United for the Safety of the Enlisted. So uh I guess that, that would be the Facebook group they would have to go to.
5: Right, if they wanted to join the cause, yeah. and his page, he's got a few pages. The one that comes to mind is the Small Business and Transportation Coalition, or or just James Lamb. But, um, you know, either page, either cause, we could post it up. Matter of fact, you know what I'll do? For those listening online now, all of you who are listening by your phone, you won't be able to see this link, but um, I'll post it on the show page. I think my computer just froze up, so it'll be a while.
4: (laughs) All right, and uh, his main, uh, James Lamb's his main his main reason for that is to just kind of show, you know, they're supposedly they're doing it in Georgia, so you know he's uh, he's going to be doing this to uh, to show just how ridiculous it is that our uh, military personnel at these uh, recruitment centers are, are unarmed. So found that. Kind of interesting, and uh, hopefully good to know that there's still some patriotic pride in the country. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I tell you, listen. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's a Saturday, July 18, 2015, and we have a lot to talk about this evening. And of course, it is another round of open forum on the show, and you're invited to j- join in by calling three four seven. Eight two six nine one seven zero. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, just press 1 on your keypad at any time and I will see you pop up. And as many of you have probably noticed, the Senate is in uh, introducing bills and provisions which can, if passed into law, uh, have a great effect uh, on the transportation industry, especially the trucking industry. There's many uh, topics to discuss and we probably won't be able to get to them all, but In our open forum shows, we encourage our listeners to participate and call in with their topics of concern. So Donna and I, we came up with some uh, issues that we found uh, some of the biggest ones out there right now to kind of help things roll in and get everybody thinking. But uh, will drivers be paid for all of their time? There's a bill for that now, that truck drivers to be paid for all of their time out there. Uh, changing trucking classification to skilled labor, what would that mean for truck drivers and for the trucking industry? Uh, there is the motor carry exemption under the Fair Labor Standards Act and how would it affect drivers? Will trucking open the doors to those under 21 to drive interstate? Now they're talking about allowing those who are only 18 to uh, go from intrastate to interstate operations. And of course there's the ELD deadline uh, expected to uh be this September and enforced by two thousand seventeen. ELD is a big thing. Uh new rule for speed limber proposal may be introduced soon. Uh there's also the talk about the longer and heavier trucks operating on the uh, uh the roadways and how would it affect affect our infrastructure, highway safety and so forth. Uh, Donna, I see this thing about uh testing Testing drivers' hair for for drugs,
5: right? Instead
4: of the urine testing, I mean, they're talking about a lot of stuff.
5: Yeah, and then they've got the um, doubling the liability insurance up to one point five million. Uh, FMCSA, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, they haven't done anything with that. Uh, I don't even know if it is a proposal, <laughs> but the, I think they said that they couldn't, you know. They couldn't do anything with that, and uh, then what else do we have? We have the ELD committee for the new training standards. Um,
4: yeah, and they came out that with that pretty good. Pretty good. They're wanting that uh, what th- add uh, at least thirty hours of driving time.
5: Yeah, for to new
4: CDL training standards. Yeah,
5: so um, I, you know that that's going on, and um, and then the big one is to remove the CSA scores. From public view. And, of uh, we can get, get into all, like you said, this looks like topics for quite a few open forums because, you know, but we'll see if we can get, get through them all tonight.
4: Yeah, well, I don't know, but, you know, it is, uh, the, the, these are just a few topics, but again, if you have your own, feel free to join in because, after all, it's open forum. And it's all coming up on uh, Ask the Trucker Live. You're
3: listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back.
4: Welcome back. Open Forum on a Saturday evening on Ask Trucker Live. And, uh, you know, Donna, we threw out a lot of ideas out there and everything. You know, sometimes you sit back and you think, well, it seems kind of quiet, not much going on. And, you know, but when you dig a lot and you're on the trucking social media, uh, there's always a lot of stuff going on in this industry. And a lot of it affects the drivers.
5: Oh, absolutely. And a lot of chatter going on and a lot of, uh, you know, opinions and talk and the the different groups are just filled with all kinds of chatter and you know their views and and then uh, a lot of the a lot I tell you I I love reading Overdrive because there's a lot of great comments that come up on those uh, on their articles on on a lot of these issues and topics so it's always good you know to read what other people have to say also because you know the more you see all kinds of sides to different topics and issues you know it enlightens you and you know opens your mind because a lot of people don't agree with everything but yet when you read what they have to say then you get to look at things in a different light and and i love doing that um you know i just think it's good to kind of not be narrow-minded and and look at everybody's opinions
4: well, yeah, well, again, if you're just tuning in, I see everybody popping up on the lines. Appreciate it. It's uh, our call-in number, 347-826-9170. And to join in on the conversation, you just have to press 1 at any time on your keypad, and I will see you up on the board. So it's open forum. We'll get it started here, see where we go. So we go to uh, area code 901 in Tennessee. Your first up. Welcome, welcome to the show. Yes, good afternoon. <clears throat> uh
6: this is done? a Jerry call this is Jerry calling. By the is way, it Jerry uh, I've been in the business- yes it is. Oh
5: hey Jerry, yeah. Oh, we just got your uh, yeah. an email.
6: <laughs> yeah, uh it's it's lengthy, but uh I've actually got my little one man show going on out here on behalf <laughs> of the people in the business by the way. Because they hear all this talk about the way it was they really don't know so I'm actually you can see there I've documented this not one bit of this is my numbers this is all the trucking industry's own numbers and it goes to show how far back we've fallen in the business today as far as our standard of living and how well we provide for our families you take notice on that first one trucking then and now that was actually done by CAS information systems on behalf of the American Trucking Association.
5: Mm
6: -hmm. And that was in the year 2000. And now,
5: Now, when you say trucking, then and now, you're discussing wages right now? I just want to know what
6: topic is. Yes, wages. The basic reason why we have a job. And it shows on the left side there, under 1980. And I was there, by the way. I started business full-time in 1966. And I'm third generation. So I was brought from the hospital. Brought home from the hospital as a newborn baby in the K-7 International cattle truck in 1946. Oh so we go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah uh, man. It was in your my blood. Dad used to say, yeah, my dad used to say, if I'd known how that boy was going to grow up, he'd have had to ride in the back on the first trip, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here we go. Uh, and I lived through this era the whole era. I've been at this all my life. And it shows that the LTL drivers, now for the people who don't understand that term, that's the fellows pulling the pups, the small shipments. And that's always been here. We knew of them at one time as the common carriers. It shows the average wage in 1980 was a little over $28,000. And it was mostly union then, yes. Let's get that right out there, too. Then it showed truckload general freight. All well, the Schneiders and Nuss Bombs and all those, they were under a union contract, too. They didn't get as many miles, they got more hourly pay, so they earned a little bit less. So in 1980, the average truckload driver was earning about $3,000 a year less than his LTL brother. Then in the year 2000, the LTL driver's average pay, now that's one year after, wait a minute, 1989. No, 10 years after deregulation. The LTL driver is just short of $73,000 now. And the what, year of drivers, now? Let, uh, what year is this now?
5: Let What year is that, Jerry?
6: Year two, okay. Year 2000. Okay, we've gone from 1980. Mm-hmm. Now we're at the year 2000. And that's that first form you'll see on what I sent you there. It shows this is the American Trucking Association CAS information systems. This isn't my numbers. The LTL driver is now making about seventy three thousand a year is now making thirty thousand dollars a year less
5: so he's making forty three thousand
6: for- about forty one okay so in around thirty thousand okay round numbers mhm now think about this. we have to go back and also well, do we deserve pay increases? That question could be asked. Well, let's see. In 1980, I was pulling a 43-foot trailer, 96 inches wide, and maximum gross weight was 73, 280. It was a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. So you're lucky to do 500 miles in one day in the right area of the country. Now, by the year 2000, we've moved up going to 53-foot trailers, 20% more volume, 10% more weight, And now we have an 11-hour day instead of a 10-hour day and the higher speed limits. So we've increased the miles we run per day and per week by about 50%. We've increased the volume we pull by another 20%. Our weight is up 10%. Then on top of that, in 1980, even the truckload driver got paid for all of his time. Mm-hmm. 1980, when you got to the shipper or the consternate, you called your dispatcher and you went on the clock. You were paid for your loading. A majority of the drivers, let's put it that way, a majority of the drivers in the business. In fact, you'll look at page 3, 4, and 5, I think, you'll see pay statements <coughs> in there from nineteen seventy, actual pay statements. The hourly pay then was nine thirty-nine an hour. And by the way nine thirty nine an hour today when you run it through the c p i inflation calculator would be thirty two to thirty three dollars an hour is what the drivers are giving up for their time now also in those same pay sheets you'll see there, the National master credit agreement was paying uh twenty three four two five cents per mile. Now strap yourself in. To have the same standard of living, where there was no turnover in the trucking industry, it was a hard, it was difficult to find a job. That twenty-three and a half cents a mile today would be eighty-four cents a mile.
5: And you know, Jerry, Alan, what was that post you wrote? It was about two months ago, and I think he came out with the same. On Anthony mm-hmm. Trucker, it was about two months ago, and I remember yeah. looking at it, going, "Holy cow, is that right?"
4: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I haven't, I, I haven't looked at it in a while, but yeah, I just kind of started doing the research and figuring, and kind of what Jerry's talking about, and uh, yeah, those were the things I came. You're, up with. you're
5: absolutely right. Matter of fact, I'm going to try to to pull up that post, but you go ahead, Jerry. I didn't no. mean to miss, no. m- yeah. uh, now interrupt watch you.
4: This
6: for owner operators. I became an owner-operator in '84, back with the old Rider Ranger, if you'll remember. And uh, it was all percentage then. But they were coming kind of with these ideas per mile pay, some of the employers and stuff. So land, it's now Landstar, used to be Rider Ranger. So they tried the 80-cent-a-mile thing for a while. It lasted about a year. And by the way, they gave it up because the trucks weren't making enough money.
2: Mm-hmm. So watch
6: these numbers. I'm going to try to go as slow as possible because – really, really telling why we can't get and keep drivers in the industry today. Like it's some big mystery to truckload manager, right? Okay, <laughs> eighty cents a mile in nineteen eighty five, if you run it through the inflation calculator, would be a dollar eighty one 81 today plus fuel surcharge in both conditions. So you take the fuel out, that neutralizes itself. So now, most of these carriers are wanting to pay their mileage owner robbers. That's an easier one to go to. Somewhere around 90, 91, 92 cents a mile. So wait a minute now. To have the same standard of living that I had in 1985, working at 80 cents a mile for a while, now it would be $1. 81 they They're paying 91. So that says to me, that there's ninety cents a mile missing out of every owner operator's settlement. We're talking ninety to a hundred thousand dollars a year less for mm-hmm. the same amount of work being accomplished.
4: Oh, right. I, go ahead, Alan. Right. Oh no, no, I'm just I'm just kind of remembering what, you know, that post I made, but I mean yeah, I I just uh, you know I was crunching these numbers, I didn't have the ATA numbers or anything like that. It was just something I kind of came out on my own, but I was just sitting there mm-hmm. showing Don, I said, look at this, you know. So as as they talk about, you know, some these companies, oh, they're beginning to, you know, raise the pay for drivers. Well, that pay that they're talking about doesn't even get them to the 1985 standards. So it's not no. really a pay rate. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I know what you're saying. Well, and, uh, and the owner-operator. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm
5: sorry. I I, I was just no, going to say the owner operator thing that you're talking about is uh, you're. I mean, I'm shocked, you know. And I think to myself, well, gee, you know, I'm not in trucking per se, so maybe I'm missing something. But a dollar a mile just doesn't seem right to me.
4: Um, well, it sounds like it sounds like a lot to somebody a newcomer, you know. Like man, a dollar a mile, a hundred thousand mm-hmm. miles a year. Man, I can make a hundred thousand mm-hmm. a year. Sorry, don't to out mm-hmm. that
6: way. <laughs> yeah, and then then also look at this. Let's crunch some other numbers. This is kind of fun in a way. If you like trucking, and I do, I love it. Right <laughs> no, now, no. To earn eighty cents a mile in nineteen eighty four, eighty five. I paid sixty one thousand five hundred and forty dollars and seventy two cents for a brand new Freightliner cab over with a three fifty.
5: How much was it? I'm okay. sorry.
6: Sixty-one thousand five hundred and forty dollars and seventy-two cents. Okay. Okay. Mhm. And I earned eighty cents a mile. Now yeah, I was doing something different, but we'll stay with the easy numbers here, right?
2: Mhm.
6: Okay. Now the industry's paying ninety to ninety-five cents a mile, and I just bought a brand new Freightliner Cascadia and paid a hundred and forty-five thousand five hundred dollars. To earn, if I was doing that, to learn eleven cents a mile more than I was earning thirty years ago. Yeah, it's amazing.
5: But I mean, but I mean, if you have your own authority, I mean, you just get your own freight.
6: I mean, you, I, you're I do talking now. about people.
5: Yeah. Right, you're talking about people. What leasing on is that, Alan? Is that what he's talking uh, yeah, about? yeah, yeah.
6: That's if you're leased yeah. to a carrier. Now, back then, now watch this. The, the guys run a percentage. I got the numbers on all this. I was there. The rule of thumb in the early 80s, least on percentage, was, it was mostly percentage. And back then, the average owner-operator, if you told him you were going to pay him per mile, he would lay out down on the floor until he produced yellow puddles in the middle of the room.
2: Mm-hmm. It, they, you know, there was no way.
6: But, all right, it came around. All right, the rule of thumb then was a dollar a mile. You didn't load a load because there was no force dispatch. You didn't load a load unless it paid at least a dollar a mile, plus fuel surcharge. Run and what that year was dollar that? A mile, 1984. Okay. Run that through the inflation calculator, and that would be two twenty-six a mile today, plus fuel surcharge.
5: Mhm, I saw somebody write the other day that um, if you're not getting two fifty a mile, which is right on right on target with the two twenty six you just said
2: mm-hmm. and yep.
5: um that said that if you're not getting two fifty a mile, you know then then it's ridiculous and and um uh what, what do you guys you know think contribute to this? Just lack of education, not understanding the oh. business model uh you yes. know.
6: Yeah, see, the industry, you'll see in the email, I said, Chief, they claim they worry about the turnover. They're planning on turnover. They create Mm -hmm. the turnover because it continually brings new people into the industry that are ignorant. They're not ignorant people, but they're ignorant of what they're getting into and therefore are highly exploited. They're being used and abused.
4: Yeah, and we've gone over this earlier today and, uh, uh, Texas, I'm going to bring you on here just in a second to join the conversation. So hang with us. I'm going to. Um, Donna was saying earlier he, she was talking to someone on the phone, and I heard her say, "Well, you know they're, you know the, the, they're working they're working to retain drivers. You know they want to retain drivers." And I just kind of heard it in passing. And you remember Donna? I walked by and said, "No, they're not, because <laughs> because they're not. I mean that that's just no. the bottom line. They're not working to retain drivers. This has been going on for decades." And it's just, and you said it too, Jerry. That you know this is something that they've created and they've kept going. But hey, let me get um We'll keep your get, mic open, Jerry. Yeah, it's open forum, so I'm just okay. going to get uh, let's let's right. get Texas uh, area code five one two in here, and we'll just have open forum here. So uh, area code five one two Texas, uh, you're on the show. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, good afternoon. Uh, hi, Jerry. This is Pat Hockey Day. Hey, Pat. All hey, right. Pat. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, I'm privileged. I've got all the papers that Jerry's talking about, and Jerry and I've discussed this, and he's absolutely right. Um, it's 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 deplorable, and now mm-hmm. we've got Congress wanting to establish hourly wage, and, and everything I've seen, they're they're basing it off of seven twenty five an hour minimum wage. Um, I well, here curious, this is.
5: I just wanted to cuz we wanted to bring that up. The the bill would say drivers paid for all time. Now it doesn't say how they're going to get paid.
1: What what bill is that? That's I'm looking at the Cory Booker uh bill right now. I'm not aware okay. of the
5: other one. Okay. Okay, yeah, let's see. It's um the, It's the Truck
1: Safety Act,
5: right? Yeah, and that is well, Car- Cory Booker. Yeah, right. Yeah, Cory
1: Booker. And I'm I'm looking at it right now of uh, it um, says to Amanda be out. They employers will. Lawyers compensate truck drivers for hours worked. That's right. Just tricky. Um,
5: well, it also says rather than, a- rather than rather than solely by per mile. So the way we took it was that you're still getting paid by the mile. However, for all the work you do, uh, like uh, you know what, you know, Alan, help
4: me out here. All I'll the work just drop you do, Drop a hook, you know, detention time, all that good stuff. You okay. Know, I mean, there's. Oh, go ahead.
5: Well, no, I was just going to say that it's in addition. That's how I mm-hmm. read that. Now, well, maybe. I got, you
1: know. it, I, I got this off Cory Booker's website. Elida gave me the link to it, and that's where I pulled it off. Okay. Um, driver compensation requires the Secretary of Transportation to mandate that that employers compensate truck drivers for hours worked. Then it goes on to say, unfortunately, standard industry practice is for truck drivers to be paid based on miles driven and not hours worked, causing truckers to be overworked, which creates perilous safety conditions on the nation's roads. Uh, that's that's what item number four states. Um, okay. If you're not aware with this bill, it's also got an excessive commuting clause uh, that's number mm-hmm. five speed limiting devices number three collision avoidance systems number two, and number one, an increase of minimum liability insurance to one point five million right so yeah way, uh, okay, like- so Go
2: ahead.
5: so we don't really know if it's in addition to cents per mile or a strict hourly wage. So I guess well,
1: the way I'm reading it's a strict hourly wage, and and if you okay. go back to you know DEF and CSA, I believe it was two or three months ago when they were talking about pension pay, be paid at a minimum of uh, at a at, at, min, at a minimum of minimum wage, and then it, and the wording was very tricky. Then it went on to say, and, and I kind of got to read between the lines here. But the way I interpreted it is, and others I've spoken with, you actually had to be logged on duty, not driving, to be eligible for that detention pay. The wording was tricky. I don't know if I can find that article and bring it up. I can go oh, look Pat.
6: Pat. Pat, In the old days, even, when we got paid, and that was the nice thing about it because we didn't have to work 100 hours a week. Yeah, you had to be on duty to get paid for it. You know, if you're being right. paid $33 an hour, for your detention time, and another study done by the Truckload Carriers Association or contract by Martin Lavin Associates did it in the year 2000 showed the average truckload driver spending somewhere in around 40 hours a week in the loading and unloading process. Well, at $30 an hour, there's $1,200. bucks. Mm-hmm. i would log every bit of that for 1200 bucks. So,
2: That's
6: right. So, we're, we're trying to get away from Let me show you another group of people and you'll see further in the back of that dossier I sent to you, there used to be a time when we, in the blue collar world, when labor was more active, we referred to it as parity. In other words, like jobs and so on and so forth, you pay the same. You know, carpenter, plumber, electrician, about the same. Well, we aren't the only ones who drive a vehicle that hauls freight. There was a time when you're over the road truck driver made about the same annual wage as an over-the-road locomotive engineer.
2: Mm -hmm. Now,
6: look in the back of my dossier there. In fact, I know some. I know this. Let me throw this out there. In 1982, working for Interstate Motor Freight out of Memphis, Tennessee, I was first man on the Exeter Board, so that's the premium position during the the highest amount of money. My income was almost $53,000, working 60 hours and 7 days, Home every two or three days. Okay. Now, that nearly fifty-three thousand dollars. Run it through the inflation calculator. Most drivers now will have to grab oxygen when I come out with this, but I'm going to prove that this is where we need to be. Now, this is the high end. That would be a hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars today. Now look Could in the back in the of same the dossier, Yeah. Look in the back of the dossier there. And you will see there's two forms. I took it from two sources of information. At the 90 percentile level, your over-the-road locomotive engineer is now good for about $110,000 a year. So they're right on pace. They're right on pace. They haven't given anything up. They do the same thing we do. They drive a locomotive. They have hours of service, by the way. And here's something else. Drivers worry so much about, well, if I don't get it, during running out of hours. The customer is going to be unhappy. I know some of these locomotive engineers. If the dispatch figures it wrong on the coal trains in Memphis and back and forth in Birmingham or anywhere in the country, and that train crew runs out of hours on the main line because of government regulations, they shut that train down and bring another crew out and repower it. They don't worry about the customers. Sorry, somebody else made the mistakes. And they get paid for that waiting time, by the way, while they're bringing another crew out. So, right. if you look at the 90% of our friends making right at $125,000 a year, they worked their way down from 16 hours a day in negotiating to 14 hours a day. Now they got it down to 12 hours a day. See, in trucking, we keep saying we want more hours, but it's just the, the evidence is I, there. The more I, more know,
5: I know, I know. I mean, more uh, more. Alan, what did you say once? Say, why do you want more hours? Why don't you want to just get paid more money?
4: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, 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 I don't understand. It. And Jerry's making good points that, you know, here in trucking, the drivers are the one who, uh, you know, have really just kind of sat back and just kind of, I don't know. Maybe let all this happen. I, I mean, I I don't know.
5: Well, know, but they've been conditioned. They've yeah. been conditioned well, to. Well, it's
4: like it's like you just said too. I mean, their frame of mind is you know more hours, more hours, more hours, instead of more money, more money, more money, more money and being paid for what for what they're doing. So hey, let me bring uh, let me open up another line to join in the conversation. Yep. Open forum on Ask the Trucker Live. We're going to go to Missouri. Area code 417 to join in on the conversation. So, welcome to the show. Hey, Alan. Hey, who's this? Hey, Al. It's Hal. <laughs> oh, hey, Hal. How's it going?
7: <laughs> going all right. Jerry, I got to say thank you. Uh, bringing all these numbers up and everything that you've been putting forward, it just kind of matches up with everything that's been getting said here for the past couple of years, you know, with driver pay, driver retention, and how it's affected, well, uh, basically how it has affected driver retention and the turnover. Uh, I feel the same way as you, that uh, companies keeping paid down, <coughs> allowing for the turnover to take place, like you said, brings in new faces, new people into the industry.
5: People All in that aren't cheap, right.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they can haul the freight at a cheaper rate without having to pay somebody. I mean, like one company I worked with started you out at $0.38 cents a mile, and you moved up one or $0.02 cents a mile per year <laughs> until a certain mm-hmm. cap. And depending on the, the, uh, well, they had the levels. You know, you're a level whatever driver, and you can haul certain kinds of loads. But uh, anyways... They would start you out at $0.38 cents a mile, and a lot of guys took a long time in order to get moved up to speak of to a high enough level that they were making some decent money. And a lot of times it just totally depends on running it more miles in order to get the paycheck you need. And that's what mm-hmm. goes on today. because With with the pay rates as they are, companies keeping it down, and, you know, yeah, granted, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give some of these companies credit.
3: They are, there are
7: some companies out there that are making moves to increase driver pay. But my question is, or has been, is it enough? And given the number, no. That to, That's what that
5: article enough, was about. Yeah. Yeah. You're I mean, absolutely right, Hal.
7: Well, yeah. I mean, you remember right? I did an article on that uh, paying retention. But uh, you know, I, I mean. Uh, that's what I was saying. Was no, it is. It's not enough. It's honestly not enough. I mean,
5: but they've no been brainwashed and conditioned to think that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and I'm going to ask all of you drivers a question because you know better than I do. But is it? It's almost like in my mind, hauling um, cheap freight is almost competitive with one another. And they keep going, bidding lower and lower, and the driver is the one who ends up paying for it. And so when they turn around and say, well, we can't, we, you know, the the industry would go bankrupt if, if we paid drivers, you know, this much money. In my mind, and, and really I'm asking all of you, um, in my mind I'm thinking, no, it wouldn't. The rates would just go up, right? Is that logical or, or tell me if I'm
6: wrong? Well, by the way, so let me good. throw this let me throw this out to you on that on that subject right there. What do you want to bet if we took a Wall Street Journal from 1970? And by the way, Hal, uh, Pat these numbers. I just didn't figure numbers. I gave Pat and Al, or uh, Don and Alan actual documents, copies of my pay statements. From 1978. I'm walking around truck stops. I have a meeting now. Drivers are just stunned. Let's play a game. I don't know the answer to this, but I think I'm pretty sure. I lived through it. What do you want to bet if we took a Wall Street Journal or a Bloomberg Report no. or a Kiplinger letter from 1978, took a black magic marker and marked out all the different names of companies and corporations, and took one from yesterday? and blanked out all the names and corporations, it would generally read the same. Let me show you how insignificant driver pay really is in the business. Let's take a load of uh, 8-ounce cans of beans. You're going to have 45,000 or you're going to have 90,000 cans of beans on that truck. And this addresses... When I hear on other stations, well, if we ask for a pay raise, it all go because of the cost of goods. Well, watch how insignificant that really is. That's a two dollar can of beans. You can get them on sale for buck fifty. Somebody. So now we're going to te- we're going to go to eighty cents a mile for the driver's pay. Over a thousand mile trip, that's a four hundred dollar increase in driver pay. Divide four hundred dollars. By ninety thousand cans of beans, and it's point four tenths of one cent, less than a half a cent
2: mhm
6: on the other thing, compare and I don't know why I'm good at this nineteen eighty 1980, nineteen eighty four understate motor freight moved us out to no nineteen seventy four moved us to Pennsylvania, so we couldn't wear the old dry, clean uniforms starch blue shirts and ties i swear it out about a third of us because we're going to do a lot more dropping and hooking now so i went back out to buy blue jeans went down a little farm store near where i live in milton pennsylvania and paid four dollars and something cents for blue jeans earning 23 cents a mile 23 cents a mile those same blue jeans are now 28 to 30 dollars and there's a lot of drivers barely making a nickel a mile more than that today.
5: And, and that's the point, though. <clears throat> All they would have to do is raise the freight rates. But in my mind, they they fight with the rates using it to get the, the client, the customer. And the rates actually, in the way I see it, Alan, aren't they kind of like fighting to – like who's going to have the lowest rate and and what they do is they calculate the driver pay in that competition and they don't care now if the if the driver's making more money then everybody's mindset is they have to calculate that new wage into the bidding process and my just tell me if i'm right or wrong in this I mean, this is right,
6: just how I'm way, looking. Here's, here's the way I see that. Let me throw this out there. I studied transportation, transportation law in college. I'm embarrassed. I had a little college education, okay? That's what's called predatory pricing. It's not pricing. What I just said? Cost. Yeah, that's called predatory pricing. When somebody tries to price themselves to get it away from somebody else, okay, then they have to exploit the driver to do that. Exactly. Okay, so I am right. Okay, go ahead. Now, here's something else. Even Rosalind Wilson, who's on one of the other stations, and she's a Ph.D. that prints a letter and is studying everything, she is just frustrated that we can't get freight rates up and more in a driver's seat. Here's my theory on that. Nearly all these truckload carriers, they were around before deregulation. They were known as contract carriers otherwise known as bottom feeders. They were the big discounters. The Warners, mm-hmm. the Schneiders, the Hunts, the Swifts, they were here. That's why there's a Truckload Carriers Association. instead of, and Amer- and There's two, American Trucking Association and TCA, Truckload Carriers. These big truckload carriers were here back then. They knew they were not welcome in the American Trucking Association. Because they've always been discounters. They don't know how to build a freight rate based on cost plus profits. This is in their DNA to keep cutting, to keep cutting, and to keep cutting. They can't dream of the day where they could increase the freight rates because they've never done anything but chop the freight rates. That's my case.
5: Okay, so so who is responsible for for this, in your opinion?
6: The carriers. Now some the people carriers. say, well the shippers are driving the rates down. No, they don't. The carriers go to the shippers and says, I'll do it for Nicholas and the next guy. But the traffic manager sits there and waits for them to call and see what the latest discounted rate will be.
5: Okay. Well, so You know, if drivers get uh, the the pay they deserve, then the trucking industry isn't all going to go bankrupt. It's just going to cost somebody more money. And and instead of the driver, it's going to be uh, whoever, the the consumer, or um, somebody's going to make less money. But I think they've been enjoying this, um, this, this, Free B- business method,
4: right? I mean, they, they, they've been enjoying you know. this free ride on the back of the drivers because you asked a minute ago, uh, would it make would it make the trucking industry go bankrupt if they brought their wages up to, you know, to current day? Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't bankrupt the locomotive industry, right? That's right. They just raised the. Uh, but they're just getting a free ride. They're saying, hey, let's just you know, let's you know we. <clears throat> Let's look at this. You
6: know, let's go back to the ninety cents a mile missing in every owner operator settlement that's working per mile. All right. The can of beans used to be fifty cents. Now two dollars. The blue jeans used to be four. They're twenty eight dollars. Driver pay. We're, we're back to where we were in the seventies, and the cost of goods is going up three hundred percent. So if drivers are worried that somehow driver pay is proportionate to the cost of goods, then we should still be paying four dollars for blue jeans. See it doesn't it, figure. It, right. So uh, now exactly. here's my question. Where did where did the ninety cents a mile go? Because the cost of goods continue to go up.
7: Because they get
6: away with it. Well yeah, where did the ninety cents a mile go? I don't somebody explain to me where's that ninety cents a mile out of every owner operator's paycheck that's working mileage. Where did that ninety cents go?
4: It's going to know where it went
1: it went into their
4: pocket going on
1: They have positioned themselves over the last twenty years, and now they are the trend setters. They may have cut 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 back in the day, but they're not cutting today like they used to. If anything, they're setting a trend, and they're trying to get more and more and more but mm-hmm. because they have established the labor standard. For drivers, the drivers aren't going to see any of it. Um, they're working off of, you know, a, a nine to five, a uh, model, a nine to five model with weekends off. It's seven twenty-five an hour. That's the same model they're using for drivers. Uh, truck driver mass is all convoluted. Oh, I'm making eighteen dollars an hour, thirty cents a mile times sixty miles an hour. This is truck driver math. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, Drivers seem, seem to think that they're unworthy of getting paid unless they are producing. You know, when I ran construction crews, if I had my whole crew sit and wait for two hours because my materials hadn't shown up, they got paid for it. Tell me how sitting and waiting for uh, to load and offload is not part of the job. The driver can't just drop the truck off and go shopping. He's got to man the truck for however long till he gets in line, till he bumps the dock. Till he, you see what I mean? He is at work. I found right. the driver pay reform provision would require that drivers be compensated for all on duty hours not spent driving, such as time spent detained at shippers and receivers. The legislation dictates the pay rate for that time must be at least the federal minimum wage. Okay, this was the uh, this was the FNCFA's idea of detention pay, as, as, as posted in Overdrive magazine. Let me see. Uh, looks like it was May 27th. Do the math, people. Seven twenty-five an hour. You think the carriers are going to pay anything more than what they have to pay? Oh, the government's well, unless... only got to pay seven twenty-five. There's no driver okay. in his right mind is going to log on-duty, not driving, so he can make seven twenty-five an hour. He's going to save those hours so he can log those hours driving, so he can make the proverbial eighteen dollars an hour truck driver math here. In other words, none of this does anything for safety.
6: No, and. and, dr- and it... dr- 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 Here's another thought I have, too. Having studied transportation logistics, I know internal flow, external flow. At least I know the terms and the concept. See, we are a real drag on the efficiency of the supply chain, really. When somebody has to start paying, and if you look at those documents I sent you, it'll show in their detention time was like seven, $13 an hour in 1978, and it went to $65 an hour, you'll see the word guaranteed. Well, If somebody has to start paying that driver $65 an hour for every hour at the dock, believe me, great minds will go to work to eliminate that Mm -hmm. cost. The one study goes to dock 40 hours. I'm willing to bet when somebody has to start paying for this, it'll be 10 hours a week or less. So, therefore, the supply chain efficiency, we will never get that money because that problem will disappear when somebody has to start paying for it. And in the end, the whole supply chain becomes even more efficient. February
1: twenty seventh, 2013, it went into effect that drivers can now legally log off duty while waiting to load and unload. These people are already ahead of the game here. In other words... Get that detention pay, as everybody's talking about. Unless it's an outfit like Martin or somebody like that who's already doing it. Thankfully, um, I think Martin's doing it after the first hour. But, but back to my point: the, the carriers are not going to pay anything they don't have to pay. Um, it, it better be documented. You can't just log on duty, not driving, expecting to get paid, because these carriers are going to say, oh, wait a minute, where's the proof? I want to see the bills of lading. You see what I mean? It better be documented. They're not going to take the truck driver's word that he was actually on duty, not driving, because after all, the law says you can be logged off duty. You see what I'm saying? Uh, There's a whole argument here whose word is going to be
2: uh, taken.
5: Is Wouldn't the ELDs take care of that?
6: No, because you can log no. off duty on the ELD.
5: Oh, okay. See, uh, that's the part I don't...
6: Yeah. I don't that, that's why you don't deal out of Pat and I have had this debate. We, we debate on Well,
5: this. I brought up to Alan the other day. I said, Alan, the ELDs will um, take care of all this. And he said, why? We've had lot... <laughs>
4: what did you yeah. tell me before, Alan? No, I, I, just, I just started laughing because, I mean... Uh, ELD is just an electronic log. Well, we've had logs. I mean, it's just a paper log. So I mean, a, a log's a log. So I mean, you can do the same thing. I think yeah. one of the things one of the things that this industry has to get in their head, which many a- other industries have, is that you know in the past generations, you know the the Vietnam vets, the the World War One, the World War Two, that generation. Those generations adapted to the employer, you know, that's just the way it was, you know, they, 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 it was their job, it was their career, they adapted to the employer.
5: The, you mean the employee? or? or
4: adapted to the employer. Oh, okay. The employer needs. Okay. You know, because, you know, it was their job, that's just the way the generations were then. Uh-huh. Well now we have a new generation the millennium generation coming up and you know that why they're talking about you know oh driver shortage driver shortage they can't get these new drivers because these this new generation they look at this and they say well we don't want to live like that so really this is the first time in history that employers have to adapt to a generation and many are doing that but the trucking industry isn't, and that's going to continue to be their downfall. And uh, oh, by the way, Hal, I've got you back up to your mic is live. So, but okay, you know I've said I've said that to you before, Donna. This is the first time in history that the employer is going to have to adapt to this new generation, and they've gotten away with it for so long. Well, it's kind of coming back to bite them now, but you know they're gonna. We'll just sit back and wait and see. But I, I get aggravated when I hear about these pay raises because Jerry's making it very clear again for everybody: these aren't pay raises. They don't. They don't even. They don't even get you up to yeah. you know our current standard of living.
5: I mean, they're thinking three cents a mile is a big deal, and and when I do the math, I'm thinking, well, that's not very much.
4: Well, Money? well, Hal mentioned something about $0.38 cents a mile, you know, and I still I still see ads and companies, you know, starting paid $0.38 cents a mile. I was making $0.38 cents a mile in 1986. I mean, it's, it's, you know, this isn't, you, you know, this, yep. this, this isn't, you know, Einstein stuff, you know. I mean, come on, $0.38 cents a mile is nothing.
6: Hey, uh, Alan, I'll, I'm going to debate a little bit something with you there. You might get a kick out of this. I'm one, one of to- the baby boomers. I remember starting on a union job and listening to all these old-timers. They had bad attitudes, and they went to war with the employers. I remember coming over to Warriors Ridge one time there, Route 22, in Pennsylvania, and there stands these Steel haulers, a human roadblock across the road, tire billies and clubs, Pennsylvania state troopers sitting up the back. They wanted to see our manifest, make sure we didn't have steel and drive-ins. But they went to war with them. Now, along comes us baby boomers. But we can't even understand why these guys have such a bad attitude. An old driver by the name of Gus Cisleano, meaner than a snake. I'd like to use the word hate. I, I try to be Christian, so I won't go there with Gus. But I despise him and others that much. But little Gus stands up for me one day and says, let me tell something, Junior. You don't know what it was like before we had a union. You don't know what it was like not to know the next time you're home. You don't know what it's like for him to be stealing from your pay. And he went through several things. Well, as much as I despise that little guy, if he were to come back from wherever he went, where the good <laughs> Lord put him, I would stand there today at nearly 70 years old. I was in my 20s then. Take my hat mm-hmm. off and hang my head and stand in front of those men and say, I better understand now what you were trying to tell me then. They Right, because just they fought. The, the auto workers, the steel workers, the coal miners, they went to war. And I would give anything today to see Gus Cicelano, Jim Heater, uh, Don Higgins, and all these other guys who used to fight with management all the time. I would give anything to see that go on today. And it's just not there anywhere. Oh, yeah, I would Yeah, I would too.
5: Well, I mean, everybody seems to be um, very much against the unions. And, of course, the the unions kind of, you know, did did themselves in also. And if you notice, anything that starts out to be good um, Mm -hmm. can always turn around and everybody gets greedy. And I think at some point even the unions get greedy. And uh, so now everybody's against unions, okay? But initially, you know, just like uh, FDR and the – and the um, welfare system, I mean, they didn't call it that back then, but, you know, it was meant for good, and yeah. then it got taken advantage of, and now we have a country of entitlement. So it, the way I see it is unions were good, and I guess that's what he was supporting, right, unions?
6: Well, you know, it's like this. I saw, remember now, I studied—I had some college, studied management. I used to tell them the guys just keep going forever. You were right they did a lot to create their own demise so we could mm-hmm. stand up and say yeah we finally got rid of the unions but wait a minute now what did we replace it with
2: yeah nothing exactly
6: lower nothing, nothing. See,
2: we <laughs> there have it
3: is. no
1: collective bargaining uh, and, and you're right drivers are not going to want to unionize i just don't see that happening yep, i agree with you i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not suggesting it has to be that away um we have no collective bargaining as as a union would provide. Uh, if you read Tilden Curl's paper on insurance, we don't have a third party system because of the self insured carriers that are helping establish value to uh, the, the excuse me the value of a driver. The only people establishing the value of a driver are the large carriers. When I came back right. out over the road in two thousand six. Um, I went to work for a carrier out of Kansas City, and they started everybody at 30, 31 cents a a mile, I believe it was. It didn't matter what your experience level was. That's what they started you with. Um, And they can do it, and they can get by with it. And I don't don't know how 31 cents a mile stood in the ratings back in 2006. I think it was kind of on the low side. It it wasn't as low as uh, some of the mega carriers, but... it wasn't $0.34 cents a mile like I think, you know, the higher paying carriers were paying. Um, $0.40.6 40. a mile times 3,000 miles in seven days would equal $1,218. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. 7 dollars an hour. Times 168 hours would equal $1,218. Now, how many drivers, and there are more of them out there, 40 cents a mile, are they guaranteed 3,000 miles a week? I recently ran the numbers off of, uh, I believe it was Schaefer and Crete, saying that you can make um, $68,000 a year. I don't have time to pull that spreadsheet up. Uh, And it it basically amounted to the driver having to be out 345 days driving an average of 400 miles a day to be able to make that kind of money. I broke it down into an hourly rate. And, and again, remember, I'm for uh, an hourly rate paid 24-7 the entire time the driver is stationed in the truck. So if you if you break it down to an hourly rate, such as that, it came out to like eight dollars and twenty cents an hour for 345 days at work. You see what I mean? This is tiny. It, it doesn't even sure. compare to 7.25 an hour. And now, to use myself as a as an example here, I made about eighty thousand dollars personal income last year. I worked 324 days out. I averaged ten dollars and thirty-three cents an hour. That's now like in that how many hour hours? To a truck. Well, multiply 324 days times 24 hours. It okay, all adds so it's up to, to the same eighty thousand dollars. So if you if you look at it, that, and this is why I'm going towards a salary. I think we've mm-hmm. got to have a salary, mm-hmm. something that pays for all time, not working time. What What is working time and not working time? When you're sitting waiting to load and offload, you're at work, you're working, why aren't you getting paid for it? Um, everybody wants to say, oh, you can't pay me for being in the sleeper berth. Why not? The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations require you to be in that sleeper berth or take 10 hours break, 30-minute break. They have control of your time, okay? By the now,
2: way, like by I the way a firefighter, like if you don't
1: take that 10-and-a-half-hour breaks every day, how long are you going to have a job? In other words, your carrier is going to fire you. for not. You can lose your job for not taking that 10-and-a-half-hour break. So so how in the hell can you not be at work? You, you see my point?
6: By the way, well, you firefighters, know, firefighters get paid for sleeping on the job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's
7: firefighters? I I see Pat's point. I see Pat's point on this. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're mandated by your logs and by the FMCSA that you got to log your hours in a particular way every single day, and you have to put that ten hour break for sleep in the sleeper. Off duty time plus the extra half hour break you got to take in between, you know, somewhere within your eight hours, mm-hmm. you're not getting paid for that. You're you're stuck in that truck. You're working for the company. You're away from home. You're stuck in that truck. I mean, you got you're not going to a hotel room. You're not going to your house. You know. When you're I, an old I driver, when
1: I worked there. at the oil
7: at, at, at a
1: pipeline company, when we went out of town on a dig. We had all the machinery to dig the ditches for the pipelines. We were paid $150 a day per diem. That was on top of my $14 an hour for a 10- or 12-hour day at work working. And you know what? I might not even have been working. My whole uh, place for being out there on the pipeline was in case a machine broke down. Now we stayed busy, but it was just easy to sit underneath a, tra- a shade tree all day long. You see what I mean? We got paid because we were at work. We also got a hundred and fifty dollars a day to pay for our meals and hotel rooms. Okay, pull your RV trailer out there and park it in an RV, you know, in an RV place. You know, now you're you're, you're paying twenty five dollars a day instead of fifty dollars a day hotel you're cooking your own food, you're putting a lot of that hundred and fifty dollars a day into your pocket. You see what I mean? There there is no per diem pay for truck drivers, but they are away from home, at work, doing as they are told by their supervisors, their carrier, while following the the, the regulation, federal motor carrier safety regulation. Their time is not their own. It belongs to somebody else. Eight and three quarter hours a day, eighty hours or seven days. You can work seventy hours in eight days. That averages out to eight and three quarter hours a day. You add ten and a half hours to that. um, You're at a a, what are you at? Nineteen and a quarter hours a day. So realistically, you can say on average, you're at work nineteen and a quarter hours a day. So, theoretically, you could have four and three-quarters hours a day to fix your own time. That's in a perfect world. That's in a perfect world.
5: Right. Well, here, okay, I, um, I have a question. I have a question no, for I'd all like, of you. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, no, Jerry. I'd
6: like, to, I'd like to back up on something. I didn't, I guess I didn't state that clearly because I used to fight with the union, too. Uh, hmm. The point I think the point here. I was making... Yeah, the union thing's impossible now anyway. But if us people behind the wheel of these trucks think that just because we're nice, we good looking people, that the industry's gonna step up and voluntarily kiss us on the cheek and pat us on the back ain't gonna happen. We've gotta mm-hmm. understand this. One way or another, we're gonna have to fight for everything we get. Whether it's through what we're doing now, standing up to them, through the press, this side or the other thing, in this business you're only going to get what you fight for,
5: well, look at what they're doing now, Alan. Are they bringing in eighteen year olds or something or twenty? What's the deal with the um with the bringing in uh teenagers now to to drive the truck?
4: Well they're talking about it i mean they're talking they're talking about lowering it down you know right now you can if you're eighteen, you can drive, but you can only drive intrastate in the state drive interstate you have to be 21 but now they're looking at uh dropping it down to 18 so they can uh, so 18s can run interstates so i mean
5: that's just one more way i look at it that they're trying to get around the you know you get an 18 year old and you know if they're if they're making i don't know 35 cents a mile or whatever they might think that's a lot of money you know so it's just one
4: one way to get in more drivers and you're right you know they're going to be at, at the way end of the pay scale but i mean donna you and i you know you know we still we still talk and hear from these young drivers like this uh starting out at 22 23 cents a mile
5: I, and and i couldn't believe it when i, know, I uh,
4: fell out of my chair I,
5: I i just could not believe that that was still going on when but it i kinda heard goes that.
4: back to what jerry says they don't understand the business you know, right they just don't know you know they they figure you know well you know twenty twenty 20 cents a mile you know, 100,000 miles a year. Well, you know, $21,000 a year might sound a lot to an 18-year-old, but you know, it's going to end up being more like you know, nine, ten thousand a year when it's all said and done. If that, so it's just another. It's is is this industry just rides the backs of drivers. It's been that way. It's been that way for a long time, and they're still doing it. and They're going to have to change. Hey, folks, let's have some fun. I started at 18 years old. Just worked my way through college. Remember
6: when we were 18? Now, show me an 18-year-old. Okay, they got friends, girlfriends, this, that, the other thing. I did this at John Hancock, was number two in line to Robert Lowe at prime. He liked to choke, didn't know what to say. I'm serious radio. I was there. Studied transportation, even, thing, right the model. Oh, get her to study transportation, start at 18, working intrastate, by the way.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
6: 18 years old, I got a girlfriend madly in love and this, that, and the other thing. She's now my wife. I used to go out for Grand Union and take 40 to 45,000 pounds of groceries in an old gas burner Brockway, paid by the hour, take a 5 o'clock in the evening load. I could whistle one of those loads off in two or three hours or add somebody to store to race back to the yard because you're guaranteed eight hours. You get parked in the truck, you go over, you get a little hugging and a smooching, right? And that's all you got those days. <laughs> okay. So now, yeah, no anyway, let's have some fun. So now they're gonna take the never I had to work local. So by the time I turned twenty one, yeah, the girlfriend and I are getting serious. Well, can you earn enough money to support a family? Wife says, Well, I'd like to at least make what my father makes. He is a journeyman electrician. Well, by this time I got my teamster's card accidentally. So I can make that money. So wow. I make a pretty good candidate for a husband and a father, and somebody can adequately support my family. Okay, same person today. In fact, I got thrown out of the meeting for uh, uh, America's Road Team in Washington, D.C., made the attorney mad when I said, same driver today, MS carriers. Mike Starn used to come on, which is now swept. Oh, wow, what an exciting career. Now, here I am talking to my now wife. Honey, I'm going to become a truck driver. I'm going to make the same mileage pay that my grandfather made 30 years ago. Then I'm going to be gone a month or six weeks at a time. We'll get a little bedtime maybe four or five times a year. If we're successful enough with our bedtime and have a family, you're going to love this. I'm going to make a great father. I'm going to be home two days every four to six weeks. Wow, Mm -hmm. what an exciting life we're going to have. These kids are right. dumb. You aren't going to get an 18 year old to come out here in Ogden, Utah today and sit here in a truck stop for two damn days with no friends, no girlfriends. And I'm going to throw this in for a little funny. It's no pay. Those kids want that and no pay. He hasn't seen his girlfriend in a month. How loyal, how loyal are either one of them going to be? This will be a T-total disaster. And why somebody in trucking management can't see something? this simple now you may have a fellow that's 40 or 45 years old it's got a mortgage family to support and all those other things he and his wife may have to
4: put up with this but an 18 year old isn't
5: well that's That's what alan was saying with the millennials uh that's
4: what i'm saying about the generation and, and now and now they have the internet to do all the research they need to do and and they research yep. and they and they read forums and they listen to these shows and they look at this this career and they're like just like you're saying Jerry that's that's not for me I don't I don't want to live like that but, and, and they're not living like that that's why the carriers are struggling now because they're in this new mm-hmm. generation I think and they can't get the drivers and the veteran uh, Donna remember not not too long ago man there was an exodus of veteran drivers they just had enough and they left.
5: Oh, yeah. Well, and, and here here's the thing about when, when you said before about retaining. If they get enough 18-year-olds to get in here <laughs> and get in the industry and then they quit, then it'll continue the constant churn with the 100% turnover rate. It's just now new people, you know, the same old um, – Recruiting lies, you know, make a hundred thousand a year and all this crazy nonsense. So they come in. They might do it for three months. Say, you know, well, I don't think so. And in the meantime, they 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 say, well, we'll pay your 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 training, your schooling, and they don't stick it out. And then they hand them a ten thousand dollar bill because that's another part of the business model too, right? Is well, that's
4: part of the business model, and then. Uh, the 18 year old will make them mad so then they'll put a black mark on their dac report which runs yeah. i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's just this has this has been going this is this is the industry this is and you know when i came out with truth about trucking in 2000 and threw it all out there it's it's jerry said it too i mean they've, they they cre- they've created this they and you know, they they know this is going on they created it they're the only ones who can end it but you know they just keep keep riding the back of the driver. That's just the way the industry And is. as long as long the,
5: as long as the drivers allow it, right. then they're going to keep riding and the, and the drivers are still going to be fighting for more miles instead of more pay. And and that's the part that that drives me nuts because people are upset about ELDs. And I guess maybe it's more the owner operators. Uh but they don't want to be in, on an ELD because then they can't get miles but who cares just get more money and i, I, I don't well, know
4: and there's another aspect to that too donna i mean you look at uh, you look at this wanting to raise uh, you know to pay the drivers for all mile, you know to, for all hours worked but if you look in there between the lines there's a lot of things in there that uh, is going to cause you know particularly the owner operators uh, is going to cause them to have to spend more money. You know, they're going to have to pay for those ELDs. The the insurance minimum going up to one and a half million. So, I think it's kind of contradictory. You know, yeah, we're going to we're going to pay you more, but we're adding oh, the, you know, the collision avoidance system, like Pat brought up. You know, all these things that the owner operators are going to have to to spend the money on, uh, which is going to be a direct uh, effect against that. So called hourly wage paid. well
5: if the if the freight goes up and and this is just my logic if if drivers got paid more money and it was dipping into the carrier profits and they had to raise rates, that would also help owner operators because now they're getting higher. Right. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Oh, okay, so I'm right on that, too. Okay. That's, kind yeah, of that's why definitely.
1: I started working on this project. Exactly. Um, it stands for reason that cheap freight relies on cheap labor. Yep. Okay? Right. And we're all competing right. against people pulling cheap freight. So if we got the labor up, it seems like, I would imagine, freight rates would come up. So that would benefit the owner-operators, the, the lease drivers as well. We had 37 household drivers last season, last summer. We were down to seven this season going into this piece. We have been turning work down left and right because we don't have drivers to cover it. Most of our drivers have been with the company 10, 15, and 20 years. They're running away from it because, of all, well, they're getting older and they don't need to mess with this anymore. All this regulation, ELD garbage. Okay, so the question is, how do we put these ELDs to work for us? Right. We've got a, a, a GPS position mm-hmm. with a clock, so like you were saying earlier, Donna, um, we can document time. We can document how long that truck sits at the shipper receiver. Um, Craig Harper, J.B. Hunt, was uh, talking yesterday. Um, they wrote a paper, a white paper. I think it's called 660 Minutes. And it's addressed, they're addressing it to the shippers and receivers about how um, they're burning up their drivers' time. I believe, if I remember, let me look at my notes. 7.3 hours a day. Their drivers are only able to log 7.3 driving hours a day. Okay. Because they're spending so much time at shippers and receivers, and Craig Harper's saying, "Oh, we've got to get that up to nine and a half, ten and a half hours a day for these guys to be able to make any money." They're asking the, the shippers and receivers to help them; otherwise, we might have to increase our rate, or we might just put you on a a, a do not service list. Why don't mm-hmm. they just increase the rate they're charging these people who are wasting the driver's time and pay their drivers? You see what I mean? Uh, the, oh, absolutely. The I absolutely. mean, drivers are getting a service for free, and J.B. Hunt is asking them, please don't take advantage of us. Until they start paying for the service, they're not going to do anything other than what they're required to do
5: sure and they're going to and they're going to just listen they're just everybody in that whole chain is exploiting the driver the driver and even the driver he accepts it now or she accepts it now as part of the job that's what really makes me crazy when when i hear people complaining and i think wait a minute you you've accepted that um i i don't know i,
6: I Donna, hey, you're Donna, here on like Sirius the Radio. God. There's a group there's a group of drivers on Sirius Radio and I run into them in a truck stop so I don't have my meetings. Well that's just part of the job. Right? Yeah, Why? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, really close. well that's just it's just part of truck driving. And, okay.
5: and and then getting mad about ELDs forward. because they can't yeah. uh run harder.
4: Hey let me uh let me jump in here real quick. I got just a bunch of hands flying up here. I'm watching the time. Uh, hey Hal, are you Hal, are you back with us? Yes I
7: am. Uh okay, I, wanted, I want to I wanna
4: make Okay, just a second. I just wanna make sure that was you. Uh I'm gonna open up everybody's line, then Hal, I'll get you and then let some of these other guys uh let me see who's been here on the longest. Let's open up uh Missouri area code three one four. Who we got here?
0: This is Linda Cappy.
4: Hey Linda. Oh, hey Linda. Okay, and let me go to uh, South Carolina area code eight zero three. Who's this?
8: This is Vicky Simons, TruckDriversMoneySavingTips dot com. How's everyone tonight?
4: Good, good, Vicky. All right, Hal, go ahead. I know you wanted to say something, and then we'll uh, we'll catch the we'll let, get the other two in here. But go ahead, Hal. What were you going to say?
7: All right, I've been keeping on falling in and out of holes all the time. So, anyway, just we say something real quick, lose the saddle again. Jerry led me, I I, I thought I had the bench for a minute until I found out my signal was gone. Jerry led into something, you know, with the joking around part about, gee, great, I'll be able to go on out for three weeks at a time, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, and have two, two days off to hold. He hits into a strong, valid point. I mean, I've been there, a lot of drivers have been there. Companies turn around, they want you out for extended periods of time, you're making X amount of mi- uh, per mile, and you're working your butt off in order to make ends meet. And come home, they have two days off, and then your dispatchers say, well, you got to get back out on the road for six weeks. you got to go. you got to go now. I mean, a lot of companies are still like that. There are those that aren't, that have kind of caved in because drivers want their own time. But right. still, there are a lot of out there that don't.
2: Uh right.
7: I I spent the past couple of years. I have spent going by my income tax return. Maybe it's not near the whole year on the road and uh, with maybe us. You know, why? why? because the patient I, I don't know. You're
5: breaking up Hal.
7: Uh, yeah. That yeah,
4: you're,
5: I'm going to lose my signal again. Okay. <laughs> but, I think Linda was next. Hal, you know, keep it open.
4: Yeah, we'll come back to you, Hal. Maybe you'll get a stronger signal. and uh, Yeah, Linda's next, and we'll get Vicky in here. But, Linda, go ahead. Welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> Good evening. I was thinking about the J.B. Hunt thing, and when I was listening to that, the reason they wanted to get them away from the dock faster was so that they could run more miles. And it just goes against everything. You know, don't sit there, run more miles for the same cheap pay uh, to make the money. And and I agree. I mean, Gary and I have talked a lot about this, and and something's going to have to change because there is no driver
5: shortage. It's the
0: retention shortage.
5: Mm -hmm. And this is part of the problem but do they really want to retain them or do they want to start a new churn bringing in these 18 year olds rather than the, the the CDL training churn that was so popular as part of the business model perhaps this is a new idea now you bring in the younger drivers and now the churning begins at low wages again and it and it's just you know
4: it's just a, it's just a new it's a new uh, new pool of drivers that can be turned over because I don't think I don't think they have uh, any interest in I mean this, this has been their business model for years I don't think they have any interest in retaining drivers or anything I I think the only way it's going to happen is maybe they are forced to you know finally pay drivers what they're worth you know I you know some people say well we don't want you know we don't want you know politics to get involved but sometimes you know they have to get involved to make anything happen or this uh atrocity against drivers just continues i think
5: well what about what's going on in california now um with them paying the california has a law that you have to be paid for all your time and i tell you i mean we 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 talked about it on the last show there there's a um we started talking with uh a couple of guys out in California, attorneys, and they're saying, yes, these drivers ha- are are being, you know, they're suing these companies, whether it be if they're working now or if they worked four years ago. They are suing um, these companies to get the back pay. They didn't realize that it was the law. Well, I would think that the red flag for this would, you know, the writing would be on the wall for these carriers to say uh-oh you know how it goes once it starts in california it's going to you know drip on over to every state and they would do it without being mandated i I mean that would be the perfect world right there is for them to say okay we're going to do this this and this we're going to raise the rates to the you know to our clients and and uh and no longer you know the the driver Getting the short end of the stick. And then the good news is freights go up, owner operators make more money, and everybody's happy. But, you know, I, I don't know. What what do you. And,
4: and, it, and it may happen. I mean, I wrote an article about that. What was it, 2010,
5: Donna? Oh, which one was that? I don't about know. About
4: the, what the attorneys out in California were doing. Is that the 2010 article? No,
5: the, okay. The, um... because I
4: found the same thing that New Jersey did. So I think as California uh... Continues this, you know, maybe it could grow into something bigger. States realize, you know, that I mean, New Jersey did it in 2010. California is doing it now. I think it's going to apply to to all states if attorneys wake up and understand exactly what's going on. But, but Vicky, go ahead. Welcome to the show. Jump in here.
8: Oh, thank you. Um, I was I've been listening with a rapt attention to what everyone's saying. I really appreciate Jerry doing his research. <laughs> I love the numbers, and I've got some information about that on the website, but not nearly as much as he does. Uh, The way I figure it, uh, based on the inflation calculator, back to 1977, uh, truckers are only being paid about 26% of what they were back then. But Mm -hmm. anyway, the questions came up about uh, uh, what it's going to take for the trucking industry to change, and that is my question. Uh, You know, I appreciate what Donna said about uh the drivers that have been conditioned to believe that they're only worth a certain amount, and they're uh a lot of them being willing to put up with things just because, for example, uh when we had that recession back in two thousand and eight and a lot of people got laid off, it's kind of like well, you know i if I can't do anything else, I'll go drive a truck for a living because at least I'll have something coming in, okay, so you've got this little pittance of a pay, but that the question that I have is what is it going to take to affect industry-wide change so that everyone, and I know uh, Jerry was talking primarily about the owner operators but this affects company drivers as well. I was talking with a trucker's wife probably about a month ago, and she said that her, company, her tr- uh, trucker husband had gotten to work for uh, one of these nationwide carriers, or a truckload carrier, and he was only making $0.30 cents a mile. Okay? Isn't that and horrible? Yes, it is horrible. And the thing about it is, is uh, Mike and I have gone back and looked, and it's kind of like, you know, what were we earning back then, and how much should we be earning now? Well, Mike earning because I'm not trucking; I'm, I'm working the website and all. But the thing about it is, is uh, what is it going to take? Okay, what is it going to take? That's my question. Yeah,
4: yeah that's a good Ricky, question, and I'd like to jump. I'd like to jump oh. on that. See, yeah, we I'm can't gonna, I'm going to let everybody anymore. answer it.
6: Yeah, we can't organize right, anymore dear. because we're like gypsies all over the country. Here's my thoughts. I'll make it real quick. This is past fixing. This is going to go to some type of crisis. I just did an article that didn't publish it. I was invited to for transport topics, what I call how we poison our labor pool. Everyone that comes into this industry leaves the industry and tells 10, 12 other people. That's why nobody's signing up anymore. The word is out in the blue-collar community. So it's too many – we're too fractured. There's no, no one has enough power or position in the industry to affect a fix that will work for everybody. It's going to go to some type of crisis. So, therefore, here's where I end it. When that crisis hits, those of us who can influence the business when they've all thrown up their hands, the freight can't move, factories are closing down, the stores don't have stuff to the shelf, this could happen. Then we come in and say, okay, folks, now it's time to listen
4: to us. That's my case.
5: Okay. And and I'm just going to tell you something. We started the – Hal, is Hal still open?
4: Uh, No, Hal dropped again.
5: Okay. Well, Hal is one of the founders, okay, and I I truly hope everybody goes to this website. And this is exactly what it was for. Vicki, you've been to the website, North American Trucking Alerts. It was created – for exactly what you just asked it's to address the problems of the industry and then to come up with the solution and everyone is invited to address the problem and write the solution and we'll get it out there with the with our trucking social media and i go ahead
1: i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt um A couple of weeks or months so back, you and I were talking about this. Uh, How do we set up a forum, a place where we can meet and talk? Um, And you said the trucker social media, you you also implied there was a website that was available there for that. I talked to Jerry Fritz about this. And uh, how do we set something like that up? Um, Okay.
5: Well, there is a forum on North American Trucking Alerts. And now it's not a fancy forum; it's it's a basic forum. However, you know if more and more people <clears throat> start using it, then we can bump it up a, a notch. But you know that that takes money too. So, but you can still get in the forum and start a thread and have a conversation. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles that you'll find on the Truckers Report or the Truckers Forum, or one of those. However, you still can carry on and and open the threads. So that's that's my suggestion. I mean, we can start a thread on this right now, and then, you know, you just sign in just like you do any other forum and carry it on. But, you know, the solutions, I mean, that, exactly. So what's everybody saying? Is there a solution or isn't there a solution? Yeah, because that's a good question, a you know.
4: Go ahead, Pat, and then we'll get Linda's thoughts. What's what's the solution to this? Well, uh, again,
1: uh, we don't have collective bargaining. We don't have insurance companies establishing value. It's got to be up to the drivers to establish their value. You look at the trend. It all goes back to minimum wage, okay? Um, You were talking about 18-year-old drivers a moment ago. There is a lot of talk about a graduated license. Up uh, the ATA, oh, I just kind of kicked it around a little bit. I hear more and more people talking about it. Well, all we've got to do is structure it. In other words, if it, we work off of minimum wage, a level an 18-year-old, a 21-year-old, whoever, a level one driver at 725 an hour times 24 hours, that's $174 a day. This is workable. Now you graduate up, you get a whatever endorsement or, or, or whatever you have to do to qualify for the next level, you get a raise. Now we can establish value to the drivers. A driver with, say, 500,000 miles experience would be a journeyman driver, a seasoned driver, whatever you want to call it. Now we give that driver exemptions from the hours of service, so that their value is able to be the carriers are able to use that driver because they have value. They don't have to do the 30-minute break. They don't have that. They can split their sleeper berth. They're exempt from the speed limiter rule. Whatever. You see what I mean? Now we have established value to the driver. Um, this also works hand in hand with eliminating. Uh, the carrier's ability to self insure. Works hand in hand with that. Um this would allow us to bring eighteen year old year year olds in and they would can have restrictions on their license. In other words, maybe they have to run teams with a level three or a fire driver for the first two years. Something like that. This can all be structured. If you start But who's gonna structure way, it, Pat? Well, I'm doing my damnedest. I'm tell you what, I've been kind of quiet (laughs) this last few weeks because I've been playing with spreadsheets all over the doggone computer. I I got numbers going in and out of my little head. But um, (laughs) I've
5: got. How are we going to get it? How? But the question is, how are you going to get it started?
1: Well, it's going to be the drivers, and that comes back to what Jerry was saying. Something is going to. There's got to be a triggering event when these. Letter of the law, ELDs come into play. What is letter of the law? I ask. You know, these drivers say, "Oh, as long as I stay within a five mile radius, I, it doesn't start my, you know, it doesn't start my logbook. Or if I don't go over five miles an hour, it won't affect a change of duty." That's not letter of the law. I've got drivers. Oh, you got to organize yourself. I sleep at the shippers and receivers. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but as soon as you leave that parking spot and buff the dock, your 14-hour day started. You see what I mean? That's letter of the law. Look at how they're mm-hmm. implementing it. Geez, if you already got an e-logging system in place, you'll have an additional two years before you have to comply with the letter of the law. What kind of a, right. an, an edge is that going to give the mega carrier? You know, the, the little guy who's going to wait till the last minute is going to get slammed with letter of the law, and the carrier is going to have two years continue playing the games they're playing, the, the megas. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is going to come. There's something something like this. What about driver classification that we're seeing in California? What about right. his all of it? Well, I'm a lease driver. I lease my truck to a carrier. Um, Jerry has talked about the, the two-paychecks difference. If it goes back to a two-paycheck system, I want the wages to be high enough that I, being paid as a company driver, can survive 30 cents a mile stuff, 40 cents
6: a mile stuff.
1: We've got to do something about this.
6: Don't
3: you think know, you Donna,
6: you, Donna, you ask a, a question that that's why I say, you know, who's going to do this? We know the big carriers aren't going to do it. And then government right. sells out to the big money. So that's why I say, and in the absence of a, a union or something like that, we're too fractured. If you take those, I don't said it earlier, if you take notice that the most effective uh, things that have occurred have been in New Jersey and California, well, that's among the local drivers. So you can organize the local drivers. We'll see right. each other every day, every week. We could sit in a truck stop. I've done it before. it be 15 of us. we got the greatest plan ever, and we'll never see each other again. So that's why I say it has to go to a crisis. There's going to be an event or a series of events that's going to leave truckload management totally frustrated, castrated, if you will. The government won't know what to do, and then it comes into our hands. That's why we- everything we're doing now, we should have – plan a plan b plan c and kind of facilitate promote the crisis put these numbers out there that i gave you the pat gives people let the new people coming in before they even get here know what they're not getting into what they think they are we can kind of facilitate the crisis yes we can and you want to know something i just thought of something
5: jerry we we I don't know how many out here are um, familiar with the videos, but we can use the videos on trucking social media to promote that. You guys it, it just and we just keep putting it out on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and if you make your video, I mean, I mean, Alan can make a video, Hal, Jerry, and we keep educating people. There's some really good videos. Who's that woman that puts the really good videos out? Um, uh, Pat, the woman I said, the one Dave, up in Canada.
1: Yeah, Dave and Catherine of Smart Trucking, smart-trucking.com.
5: She's got yeah. some good videos out. We need to take a couple of those and put them on trucking social media. You we know another
6: have another idea I've had that would drive trucking management crazy? What? If we could find, now you've listen to Sirius Radio, let's face it, there's a lot of illegal stuff going on in employment in this business as well. To driver signs for this, driver signs for that. I've taken Casey on this. That's un- all unenforceable contracts. If we could find a law firm or a series of law firms that would kind of discover what kind of money is to be made about misclassification of employment, illegal terminations, illegal we have one.
5: And we yeah, the misclassification. I was telling you that Alan and I were talking to uh, a gentleman called Craig Ackerman out in California. We put his name, uh, number out there, and he they work on misclassification. Um, unfortunately, I think they only work in California. But you're talking about where all over?
6: Yeah. See, if we could get a large enough law firm or a series of law firms. There is a lot of money to be made. I hear about drivers coming in and they're signing contracts. When they quit, they got to pay seventy-five dollars, clean the truck out. This, they're all violations of labor law. They, uh, if a guy ruins a tire, they take it out of his pay. He's an employee. You can't mess with the pay. There's a fortune to be made out here. Now, when that begins to happen, it gathers more press. It puts more knowledge out there, and we're selling this. We need to move this to the inevitable crisis anyway. Then we need to be in the position when the crisis happens that we're in the driver's seat.
4: Yeah, well, let me get Linda. How about you now? Jump in here, Vicky's question. How 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 do we fix this wage thing? Got to got to get you in here now.
0: <laughs> well, I <I'd>
4: agree <laughs> with the graduated license. I like that idea.
0: Um, I'm done what one of the the graduated licenses, I, I do oh, like okay idea. You know Like Pat I, said? Uh-huh, like Pat said. The other thing I think that's going to have to change probably is the long-distance drivers go more to a hub-and-spoke, which seems to be the direction we are going, where you can get home more often, which will make it more appealing. But I think about, you know, like like the 18 year olds to fix this problem, I... I there's been 18-year-olds. Women are only 6% out here. They're, they're wanting to bring the military in. Um, you know, England's wanting to do people can drive on a permit. Oh, so uh, that, that, that passed. Uh, yep. and, and that passed. Yeah, the mega carriers are the ones pushing this because they're desperate for drivers. I, I, I have to wonder after they can't get the 18-year-olds where in the world they're going to go next. I mean, it almost seems like it's going to go to train monkeys.
2: Because
5: uh, And it's all not to pay higher wages. wages, see? That's yeah, the whole thing, yeah. just to keep the wages low. They all cry and scream, how are we going to get drivers? Pay them. Pay them for all their time. Well, while we don't want to do that. We're trying to think of other ways.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Jerry's deal with the triggering event, I, I think that's the only way that all of us will group together is to yeah. have the triggering event and be ready to do that. And I I think, you know, one of the things that I know that we fight against, and Jerry, you've heard this too, is the the old-time cowboys. You know, you're a bunch of wimps wanting to get paid. It's all about the miles. And I I think that 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 fraction of trucking is starting to weed out some. But, you know, we have to fight within ourselves to say, I am not a wimp because I want to get paid. I don't have to run more and more miles, and every time I look on the back of a trailer as it goes by me, you know, more miles. It's like, I don't want more miles. I want right, money. right.
5: But that's the freight. That's the cheap freight. Yep. And it's a vicious cycle, yep. right?
0: No, oh, it is. It is. But I feel, so, you know, more, <clears throat> we're hearing more and more, even with Jerry talking, there's more people talking about this issue. I mm-hmm. think that there's other, more people listening. And I do think we are making a headway. And, and it's with shows like this, you know, Jerry calling in, us uh, talking in truck stops. I mean, I've heard Jerry talking in truck stops from a long distance away and,
5: and knew he was talking about this. So it's yeah. educating the people, is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, yes. it's and just,
1: was- and I, I think we're going to have to take this to the ground, too. Um, I know last year when I was passing out flyers and truck stops, and I passed out a little over 2,000 flyers, and I tried to give them to drivers personally because I could spend a few minutes talking with them. Um, I think that's the way it's going to have to happen, or we're going to have to get some of these young drivers, Eric, you know guys like me and Jerry, I'm still struggling with this facebook and, I, and even even getting on the show tonight, I'm struggling. I'm trying to learn how to do all this stuff. uh mm-hmm. We've got to get the younger drivers involved in this. There are so many and I understand these older drivers; they're just now making fifty thousand dollars a year. It's an insult to them when I say that's what a beginning driver should be making
2: but that's and what it's, it's
1: you that's mm-hmm. what it's going to take. So right but they accepted it. Twenty five an hour, one hundred and seventy four dollars a day, three hundred days. That's fifty two thousand dollars a year, and that's what a level one driver, fresh out of truck driving school, should be making.
5: And if and you know what the carriers that bus, say? No, they, they they would never go for that. Well, not ne, not not on their own anyway. And unless they're, like, you know, you create the crisis, have like, the carriers like Jerry had said.
1: Haven't their way long enough? Haven't we let uh, them I, run all over us long enough? Well, yeah. I mean, does it really matter what the carriers say? What are we going to do about it? You know, the well, carriers have shown this time and time again, they're going to take, take, take. And, and let's look back up. There are a lot of good carriers out there. I don't mean to badmouth them all. But they've got to compete against those that, that are paying their drivers nothing. How do you compete against a mega carrier that's paying 30 cents a mile or 25 cents a mile to their drivers? How do you compete against that when their drivers are working for free and they're exploiting the heck out of them? How do you compete against that? You've got to have that. some type of a standard.
6: i I just thought of something to Pat put it in there, just kind of like what we've been conceptualizing here over the past few minutes. All right, this is the problem. Where are we going to go? I've got this idea now. Pat said I'm not. Well, I'm not. I don't know Facebook at all and some of these others. But we're going to be needed. The younger people are going to be needed. Okay, let's get down to a strategy. We see the crisis coming. We evaluate it. We see us getting in the driver's seat. What's our plan? Do we have an office in Denver? Do we have coordinators? Because remember now, ancient monarchies were overthrown by social media and Ethiopia, Libya, and all these other places, right? So it works, all right? Let's move to a strategy now. We're beating all this to death. We've justified it all. Okay, what's our plan? If it's, I believe it will happen through social media, even though I don't know it. So we need to establish leadership groups, maybe some in, oh, uh, let's say uh, Boise, somebody else in someplace else, five or six six or eight strategic locations throughout the country. Now, after all, the old steel haulers, I lived through this, the old steel haulers pulled some really, really effective strikes with just telephone booths, fucking coins and telephones. Gary, Indiana knew what Baltimore, Maryland was doing. Uh, 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 different places around the country, the big steel centers. These guys are actually able to put together the plan. They didn't have one-tenth of the communication we have now. So let's move it to ideas that when the crisis happens, what do we do to take control?
1: We've got to have a plan laid out. We've got to have something at least laid out to work off of. I've never have said that what I propose is the way it's got to be. I'm not going to go there. I have always, I hope we can build something. But you know, I'm not getting any response from my plan, so I'm thinking, well, okay, they're not understanding it. So I'm, I'm trying to break it down in the spreadsheet, so I can show numbers. I also hope to integrate a lot of Jerry's information into it. It takes time. Where do I? It's not it? that yeah. they
5: don't understand it. It's that everybody goes, "Yeah, that's great, but how is it going to be enforced? How how can you make it happen?" Yeah. That's the problem.
4: That's the yeah. I got the the we know the problem now is the solution. But Linda, did you want to say something a minute ago? Linda? Sorry,
0: I went on mute. Oh. Yeah, I went on mute, um, and I oh. we we oh, bypassed I, it by far, but. Well, one thing i was thinking about is how do we compete against the mega carriers or a smaller company? And, and mm-hmm. to me, the, the smaller company that has retention doesn't have the equipment failures the me- mega carrier does. Their equipment is taken better of. They should have a, a smaller operating cost, which means they could pay their their people more. And when you look at how Nastic and you talk to some of the small fleet owners there, their turnover is nothing. Right. And so they are fighting against the mega carriers, um, to me by how, how they keep their people. So I, I think that's that's their edge. Is, is that right? Their retention.
2: Mhm. All was, right. Well, listen. I
4: was, uh, times uh, times and down. I got to shut it down here. But Vicky, uh, Vicky, is that you again? I lost you there, but I think you came back yeah, up. Are, yeah. Is that you?
8: Cell phone. Yeah. That's All right. That's hey, listening.
2: listen, my. Huh.
8: No, the situation about staying in your sleeper berth, one of the gentlemen talked about, if the carriers would consider that to be on-site security to guard the cost of the truck, the value of the truck and the freight, maybe that would not seem like empty time to them?
5: Well, they're, they just don't want to pay. I mean, that's just the whole thing. Even if they saw it as security, they're not going to tell you they see it as security um it it's just a matter of how do you get this to the point as 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 Jerry said it's like a a bunch of gypsies even facebook you know there's hundreds of groups talking about this but how do you get them in one spot and that's what pat was saying with the forum you know if we can if we can get that thread going And you know, on on some forum. I mean, I'd love it to be on North American Trucking Alerts. I mean, that's uh, Hal. uh, Is the uh, other co-founder of that? I'm sure he would be. He he posts a lot on there, and we have a lot of great people as authors over there. And I gave the idea of videos because videos are easier. Drivers don't have time to write. But they do have time to to do a, a video of their thoughts, and then to promote those videos out on um, social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and have it go okay. viral.
4: Yeah, I think uh, I kind of agree with it, Jerry. It's going to something's going to come down the pike that make that's going to have to make something happen. and I think it's going to come through social media. But time's winding down here. Hey, Vicky, put out your website for everybody.
8: Uh, TruckDriversMoneySavingChips.com.
4: And Hal, go ahead. Yours. We're going to hit everybody. No, I think Hal dropped again. I kept losing them, but oh. everything. But hey, Linda, uh, any website you want to give out? Sure. TeamRunsmart.com.
5: Sure. Team, Team And Trucking Solutions Group. Right.
0: TruckingSolutionsGroup.org, a... I believe. I can't remember their org. Yeah.
5: Or mom, but... You know, I I for, I think you can go to either of them, but um, okay. I think it is org. TruckingSolutionsGroup.org. Jerry, do you have a website?
6: Uh, no, I don't. I don't know how to do all that stuff, to be kind of uh, honest with you, folks.
5: Uh, we'll have to hook you up. Uh, Pat, yeah. Pat. Get, get what's your website, Pat?
1: Uh, it's truckersunited.org, and I invite anybody that's got an idea of how to structure it. Let me know. We'll put it on the website. Uh, like I say, I'm all about coming up with an idea, and I think we're running out of time. We've got to do something here.
4: Right. Yeah, that's why we're working on the. Uh, you know, we we discuss the problems. Now we like to throw in the solutions. But hey, really great show, man. This was a really good. We show. need to great start
5: pro- promoting this show too on the replays because you guys all have some great ideas and and educating people and this could trigger it all. So I'm going to start getting it out because I'm the social media manager over here. <laughs>
4: Well, I think something's going to come down the pike, like Jerry said, and I think the solution is going to come through social media because that's just the power, the power of social media that we've seen. Hey, quick break. Be right back to wrap it up on Asset Trucker Live. Be right back.
9: Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks?
4: Hey everybody, Alan Smith here and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs and they specialize in workers' compensation trucking accidents, employment law and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash trucker lawyers and follow them on twitter as at trucker lawyers call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503 All right, hey, thanks again to all the listeners hanging with us on the line. Appreciate you staying with us. Almost a whole full two hours. Really do appreciate it. Thanks to Jerry, Pat, Linda, Vicki, Hal, all the callers, and uh, great comments. Really great show. Really enjoyed it. And uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, I tell you, in uh, we kind of started to show off. I was telling you a little bit about these uh, uh, Americans standing outside the military recruitment centers protecting, uh, protecting our uh, military personnel in light of the uh, – U.S. Marines that were uh, shot in uh, Chattanooga and so in in uh, dedicated to them we will leave you with a song from the When the Big Rigs Don't Roll CD uh, produced by com. you can just google When the Big Rigs Don't Roll and you'll see the CD it's a great CD and it'll have this song on here but we'll leave you with All for Liberty but uh, thanks again everyone and we shall return next time on Ask the Trucker Live we'll see you next time
3: You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, Ask truckingsocialmedia.com, Trucker.com, Trucking North American Trucking Blog Talk Radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
9: I mean He was chiseled Strong steel A trained Navy SEAL But he said I'm just part of a team He was in his dress blues There on the news Talking about that damn war When somebody asked About his part What he was fighting for He said my country, my family, my friends And the right to be free I'll give all if I must To protect what is precious to me No matter the price I'll pay it all And I'll do it willingly And I won't back down I won't give ground All for liberty Material things Don't mean a thing They can all be replaced Take my car, my home I'll get along We all have problems we face Then his fist clenched up tight His knuckles went white Said I'll draw the line in the sand Try to take from me One piece of liberty It'll be out of these two dead hands He said My country, my family, my friends And the right to be free I'll give all if I must To protect what is precious To me No matter I'll pay it all And I'll do it willingly And I won't back down I won't give ground All for liberty The crowd got us and cheered But he couldn't stand I said a silent prayer for that man I can't imagine the hell when those rockets fell And he left part of his life there in the sand He said no matter the price I'll pay it all And I'll do it willingly And I won't back down, I won't give ground All for liberty